You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about getting involved in the bookish community by answering a question from one of our listeners and interviewing author Riley Black. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Well, you know, last year, remember last year? So long ago. Remember last year, one of my favorite books of the year was The Dreamers by Karen Thompson Walker. Yes. And uh, I was like, this book is great. And I shared it with my mom. And then she read another one of Karen Thompson Walker's books. And she's like, you got to read this one too. So now I'm reading that. It's called The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker. Came out in 2012. Um, It is great. Um, So I'm only maybe like three chapters in. And that is, it's very, I'm very, not very far into it. But um, it is about our world. But uh, suddenly people figure out that time is starting to slow. So- the sun used to come up at whatever time. Like time basically ceases to exist in the way we understand it. Because so days just get longer? Well, yeah, I guess. So instead of 24 hours, maybe it's 24 hours in one minute, 24 hours in two minutes. And like, so time starts to expand sort of. Oh my God. And um, it's told from the point of view of like a teenish or preteen girl. And basically it's um, what I'm assuming is it how it basically affects all the people involved. I don't know. I'm not very far. But I think cool. there's a romance and there's uh, teen stuff and but it's written it's I don't know I don't know if I wouldn't classify it as YA um, it's more just like sci-fi like grounded sort of sci-fi um, what are you reading so I have a bit of a galley brag uh, I have the new NK Jemisin book oh I'm so jealous uh, the city we became I don't know why I'm jealous because NK Jemisin's new novel I can also borrow this <laughs> yes I, that was, I, when I came came over today I was like I got the new NK Jemisin um Cover by my best friend, Lauren Panapinto, over at Orbit. It's very cool looking. Uh, this is my first N.K. Jemison. Oh, wow. I've never read her before. I'm really excited. Um, and it's super fucking cool. It's, uh, I'm not very far into it, but it's about uh, this homeless person in New York City. And they have this ability to listen to New York City. New York City is like, like in, this, in the world of this book, every city has like, is like a living being. Oh, cool. And New York City, obviously, is, like, the greatest, most powerful of all the American cities. And when, like, cities get to a certain point of power, they start waking up. And this person, the main character, is tasked with basically taking care of the city. So they're, like, going around and, like, spray painting breathing holes so it can breathe more. Oh, cool. And, but, of course, when something gets powerful and wakes up, that makes it prey for other things. Oh. So there's this person who is the you kind of suspect is the living embodiment of another city, Sao Paulo, um, helping the main character figure, like learn how to take care of New York city. And each of the boroughs has their own, like is their own little monster. It has their own personality. And it's very like mythological and almost Lovecraftian and this like, you know, these great cyclopean monster things. It's super fucking cool. I love it so far. Uh, It sounds so good. And it sounds like totally what, um, in Kitchen I'm so good at, which is coming up with like new kinds of magics. Yes, yeah. for sure. So that's the city we became by NK Jemison. And you could pre it's out in uh March this year. You could pre-order it right now. Uh, mine is The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. This week we have a bunch of wheelhouses. Um we get so many of them, and so I've been trying to bump up how many how much listener feedback we time we give to them because people 
love telling us their wheelhouses and we love reading them. Mm -hmm. So Kristen's is gay fairy tale retellings. Anything with an 80s sci-fi aesthetic, contagions of apocalyptic proportions, uh, Lovecraftian horror, but without the racism. Awesome. Kristen should read this book. Uh, uh, gay small town horror, feminist poetry, and gay roller derby. Wow, gay roller derby. I don't know a book that falls into that category. I want to read a roller derby book. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever read a roller derby book. Kristen, write, give us some gay roller derby wrecks. Yeah. Um, Taylor's is dystopian fiction. Man, we such have an audience. Um, badass women who are not to be fucked with. Uncovering a Family Secret, Teenage Romance, Psychological Horror Thriller, uh, Magical Surrealism, Women-Centered Sci-Fi, and Books with Cats. Taylor sounds like they have, like, the exact same uh, one we, as both of us. Yeah. yeah. And then Colleen's is Funny, Weird Fantasy or Science Fiction, Assassins, Magic Schools, Epic World Building. I love the big fantasy books that could be used to build a house. Uh, strong female leads, woman on a journey. Thanks for that, Bria. What, what? <laughs> and space crew. <laughs> space crew is very funny. I haven't read a good space book in like a while. It's time for me like to Like a get, week? Like, no, no, no. I just was like, I've read a lot. Of, I've been reading a lot of dystopian books and I haven't read a lot of space books. And you I should read Borrow moment. Salvage by Madeline Rue. You'll love I know that. I need to borrow it because it was not available from the library, I think, when I was looking. Oh, yeah. Borrow my copy. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about the bookish community, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, J. Keith. Hey, Helen. I hear you have a true-false quiz you want me to finish. I do. Here we begin. We host a trivia game show podcast on the Max Fun Network called Go Fact Yourself. True. Correct. The show is all about celebrity guests answering trivia questions about things J. Keith enjoys. False. We sometimes don't talk about baseball or cats. Thank God. It's questions about things they enjoy. Next, we bring on surprise experts every episode. True. Correct. Final question. It's just the two of us sitting alone with these guests. False. Correct. We have a live audience at the Angel City Brewery. See? You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month. And if you don't listen, you can go fact yourself. True. So this week, we had a listener named Lee write in about the bookish community. One of the things I enjoy most about watching TV, sports, and movies is that there is a really strong community around them. I find this is not as prevalent with books, although maybe I'm not paying enough attention. What are some good ways to feel connected to the community? So this is a big question, so we figure we dedicate a whole episode to it. Uh, first off, there definitely is a bookish community. Yeah. Lee, welcome. We're going we're gonna to help you find it right now, but definitely, I think you're just looking for Looking for books in all the wrong places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, first off, so like what is a community? And like so the bookish community, just like a community for TV or movies or video games, it's just a bunch of people that are fans of something talking about that thing. And there are a lot of ways to get involved. So my question for Lee is where they see these films or sports communities. Are they talking to people at theaters? Are they talking to them online? Are they at these sporting games? What do you call them? Football games? I don't know. Um, sporting games. <laughs> or is this just what Lee considers like a good place to jump off with someone new? Like a yeah. jumping off point where you're like, so what TV are you watching? Which is like, now all I ask people because I'm like, at least I know we're all watching Game of Thrones or whatever the fuck TV show of that's important. I'm watching something. You're watching a TV show? It's a web series. Oh, you never watch anything. What is I, it? I was sick. Uh, it's an old one. It's a uh, Gale. 
Don't know it. It's a comedy one. I'll tell you about it after the show. Wow. Mallory's watching, watching a series. Who could have guessed? 2020, baby. Things are getting crazy. Um, I think this person is just looking in the wrong place because, of course, if you're at a movie theater and you're talking to the people in the movie theater, yeah. they're going to be talking about movies. They'll, no, first off, they're going to be mad because they're going to be like, Shh, why movies? are you talking during the movie? Uh, but no, but I mean, and I, but I think also some, it may seem like TV and sports have an easier entry point. Not sports for me because I don't know if I've ever watched a sports game without being forced to. That's another thing. I've been watching sports. Wow. I've become a hockey fan. Wow. For Jeremy. He's a big Washington Caps fan. And now I am a Capitals fan watching hockey. Capital? What is the, what is the like sports guy dressed up in a costume looks like? Their mascot. It's an eagle. But why is he called a Capitol? I think their, their logo is just the Capitol building. (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't you be afraid if a big building came up, up to you <laughs> i think that's a pretty terrifying mascot okay so first we're going to tell you some th- things that you can go out and do and then i think we're going to give you some advice on yes. like how to start some conversations yes okay great so if you want to join the bookish community find more people that are talking about books uh easiest answers join a book club you know or you can make your own having an in-person bookish community is super fun and you know people that you know and can regularly discuss books with you know you can start it with your friends with your family it's just like an easy way uh to like immediately be like hey i want to talk to more people about books yeah or um you can also do this online if you aren't a person who wants to go places. I think film Twitter is a very popular, obviously. I'm so entrenched in film Twitter without meaning to be. Same. Whereas I'm like, there's some, so much film Twitter happening. Sometimes but, I look, I'm like reading conversations. I'm like, why am I involved in this? I How know, did like, I get here? Is, and like everyone has this same opinion. And then I realize like this opinion doesn't exist outside of film Twitter. Um, but you can go and find people who are talking about books, people like us who are posting, hosting podcasts and um uh, like authors and those people are all talking to other people talking about books it'll it takes a bit of research yeah. but you will find those people and start following all the authors you like because they're talking to other authors and you're going to get introduced to new authors that way yeah same with publishers and book reviewers and stuff just start making your social media bookish yeah um also the reading glasses facebook group we're going to shout out to yes um, they're amazing over yeah. there or there's many goodreads groups um there's, there's there's a lot of ways to interact online or go in person go wild go to uh a, a reading, a comic con, oh yeah, a book con, a book related activity. My mom loves to go to book arts class. She makes books, and you, there's people there. They like books, obviously. If They're you're making, making books, books, you have to like them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Getting involved with the online bookish community, it's a great way to start feeling connected with to what's happening in the book world. You know, with new releases and news and stuff. I think that's another part of being in the community is like knowing what's new and what's going on. And that's like that's one of my favorite parts about being connected to the bookish world. Um, and so being connected to the book community via your social media feeds, it's a super easy way to do that and it enables you to discuss those things. Like if you see like a new piece of news come out, you could be like, hey, did you see the thing that's going on with the Romance Writers Association right now? You know, it's just like a great conversation starter, like new things that are happening in the book world. Also, like like listening to podcasts, keeping up with bookish websites is a great way to feel connected and informed. You get all the buzz. You feel like you know what's happening and you don't have to actually communicate with people, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, but how do you like start a conversation is my question. Because I think that what we're saying is that it's easy to walk up and go, hey, do you see cats? And then you can talk about cats, the movie. Oh, did you uh, did you see cats? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh my God. How did we not talk about this? I didn't see it. Did what did you I saw it opening night? I saw it opening night and with, at the end with John? No, with my friend Constance. And at the end, 
We you were and Constance the went to see cats? Yes, opening night. And at the end, there was a woman dressed as a cat in the front, and the lights came up, and she ran to the front and danced around, and everyone in the audience cheered. It was awesome. <laughs> we had a great time. It's were you great. fucked up? Um, so people were sm- public. They were openly smoking weed in the ArcLight Theater. Sorry, Arclight, calling you out right now. Um, and I got a definitely got a contact high, and that was crazy. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a listen. We, I could talk about cats for days. Don't well, yeah, we're going to talk about cats um, after this. Here's the thing: what I'm saying is, like Mallory, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, you're wanting because I think you're like you catch the Bruins game. Is that a sports team? <laughs> it's a hockey team. Great. Now I'm learning hockey, hockey things. Did you catch that game? Because everyone, you're trying to find this starting point with people for yeah. conversations. So my suggestion for conversation starting is to be read the books that people are reading. Mm-hmm. Read these big buzzy books. Refer to our last episode where there's all these Oprah books that people are reading, right? Yeah. Or read these books that are about to be turned into movies because then you can have that conversation. Like, yeah. Like, oh, do you see Little Women? You know, actually, I just read the book. If you read the book, and most people actually probably have or, you mm-hmm. know, or they did in high school and that you can recall things from it. Um, I think also this is a weird suggestion, but like we hang out with people who love horror books even people who didn't like horror read I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yes, for um, sure. People who like true crime read it. So like books like that that have like kind of like gone through the bookish community and they have like surpassed it and moved out yes. into like all the people who don't really like reading picked up this book and started reading it because they were like, I gotta guess I got to read this book. Like Ready Player One, yeah. Ready Player One, that's a really good one. Like people who I- The Martian. Um, yeah, especially things that are going to be- com- uh, turned into movies or turned into TV shows or something like that. I think this is a great way to have those conversations that you're going to feel more in tune with the bookish community if you're not reading rare titles from that no one's ever heard of, if you're yeah. reading these big, buzzy books that people are actually talking about or getting made into movies and TV shows are just, like, sort of somehow permeating that book bubble. Mm-hmm. I, and, like, I, like, I'll be gone in the dark. I can't think of another example. But there are definitely ones that, like, people I don't know. Oh, um... Love Warrior, that one, like, really, a it's bunch of people Oprah I know. book club pick. Yeah, and a bunch of people I know loved that book. Mm-hmm. And they're not big readers, but they read that book. And yeah. I can have a conversation with people about it. I really like the, what are you reading? Is That was, was, was my opening line for oh, Friends. I like that. It was my opening line on Tinder when I was on Tinder many a year ago. Uh, I just, Yeah, it's just a great way, because people always like to talk about what they're reading. Unless they're in the process of reading, right? then maybe leave them alone. But people like to, like... Sean is reading right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just say, what are you reading? So, Bria, how are you connected to the bookish community? Um, I mostly listen to podcasts and read blogs. That's my main thing. I love book recommendations via blogs, via, like, Book Riot. Um, there's a couple of different feeds. I actually just started a tab called Books on my computer that I look nice. at. Um, usually while I'm editing our podcast, um, where it's, like, Bustle, The Verge, um, io9, like, those places like it just like sci-fi horror sites that talk about books and it's like actually just save their like you know you can click on like the hashtag books and I save like that um yeah and 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 podcasts so like I mean I try to like if I haven't read a book which I probably haven't um I can even talk about books you know that I haven't read do you know what I mean like so I can say like oh someone's like oh I'm reading this book I'm like oh I heard about that on the New York Times podcast uh New York Times book podcast but I haven't read it tell me more about it and like you can still have these bookish conversations and feel involved in the community without actually having even read the book sometimes which yeah. is great. I also do talk to people about what they're reading. I my favorite end of the year question this year was I was I kept asking people what was your favorite book you read? Yes, and that that's felt like a, a great way to just start bookish fun. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How do you stay it up in the how do you feel like you've created a bookish community? 
besides being deeply entrenched in the writer world, um, like talking about publishing and talking about writing and knowing a ton of authors, um, I'm also very connected to the bookish internet, which I really, really like. Um, I listen to book news podcasts, like the Book Riot podcast, which I love. And I think that's really fun to listen to because it's more, they're not, it's kind of like us where they're not talking about specific books. They're talking about what's going on in the book world from like a reader standpoint. So that's a great way to jump off with conversations and not necessarily like, oh, we're reading the same book, but oh, we can talk about what's happening at Barnes and Noble or this new thing that's going on on Amazon. It's like a general topic that's great to talk about. Doesn't matter. You know, people are, it's relevant to people regardless of what they're reading or how they read. That's true. Uh, I do love book websites like Lit Hub and Electric Lit, Book Riot. Um, when I have time, I, I like to engage with the Reading Glasses community in the Facebook group and on Twitter. That's super fun. Um, I follow a lot of bookstagrammers on Instagram and see the books that they're reading and things that they're talking about. Uh, I talk to my friends about books a lot. That's just sort of like baked into my conversations with the people that I'm close with. Um, and now I've been tweeting and Instagramming more about what I'm reading. I've been trying to do that this um, this year, that's like one of, I think that was one of our mutual, was one of your resolutions that I stole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's really fun. And then, you know, it's cool when people are like, oh, I really like that book. That's a, honestly, that's for Lee, that's a great way to just start being your own bookish community is just being public about the books that you love. And somebody was going to be like, hey, I really like that too. Or, hey, what did you think about that? I was interested in reading that. That's a great conversation starter because people, like we, we talk about all the time on the show, people love book recommendations. People yeah. love knowing what other people are reading. It's just a thing. Mm-hmm. So if you are public about the books that you like, or, you know, if that's, if you're, if it, that you're that kind of person, the books that you don't like, you know, it's going to start a conversation. Um, yeah. And I think what we're saying overall is that, um, like being in the book, bookish community, it's a bit more niche than sports. It's a bit more sure. niche than film because a film you can go and watch it on your Netflix from your house for two hours and have an opinion. Whereas a book, you're investing more time. Yes. There's just more, and you're doing it alone. And it's just like, it's much more of an investment. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's interesting. Like as more and more, as the world gets bigger, there's just a huge population. There's going to be more of these sort of like niche communities. Um, You know, like the ones that we're interested in being a part of. And we're also interconnected. It's easier to find them. I think that, um, they're not wrong. It is sometimes hard for me to like find people who are talking about the same books that I am, but they are definitely out there. Yeah, for and sure. And I think it is just a little bit more up to you to help create or find that community um, and find people who are doing and reading what you're reading and talking to them about it and being really public about what you're reading. Yeah, I, I find the literary world very interesting just regardless. And I love knowing what books and news everyone's talking about. It's mm-hmm. just because it's even before I was an author or even interested in being author, like it's just something that I it's our community. It's something that I find interesting. And it's like, is there anything better than talking about a book that you love with someone else who loves it? Like, yeah, it's great. It is truly but the like greatest. I, said, I mean, it's just like also like if it's something you're really passionate about, you're going to find other people who are passionate about it. I like am involved in somewhat adjacently involved in like the dog rescue community in Los Angeles. And like, I like talking to other people about it. Like when I volunteered at a shelter, like there's all this stuff about the shelter that you know about. And it's like your little community, but there's only like 25 people who know all of this information. You know what I mean? And so it's just like finding the people who also are interested in this same thing you are without. And sometimes that means there's not a physical space you're going to. Or sometimes it means it's online. Sometimes it means it's via text or reaching out to people you don't know. But Lee, I would def- I would say that there is definitely a massive bookish community and it is a super positive thing, I think, in both of our lives. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author Riley Black, we're going to take a quick break. 
Hello, listeners of Maximum Fun. I want to tell you about our newest podcast that tells you all about the truth of the flat earth. Have you been looking out over the horizon and you've been thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't look round. I've been lied to my whole life. What is NASA doing with $52 million, million dollars a, a day? day? Uh, uh, come on. We explode the myths. Just kidding. We're Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we investigate extraordinary claims. That's right. We investigate extraordinary claims firsthand. We go undercover in fringe groups. We get alternative medicine treatments. And we hang out with people who have unusual beliefs, like flat earthers, 9-11 truthers. We do ghost investigations. We've joined Scientology. And we got baptized in the Mormon church. If it goes bump in the night, then so do we. <laughs> Hmm. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? So here we are with author Riley Black. Riley, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me on. Uh, what are you reading right now? I'm reading a bunch of different things. So I just started on uh, Tomorrow Will Be Different, which is uh, Sarah McBride's memoir. Oh my about, God, I love uh, that book so much. Yeah, I saw her on um, a documentary that was part of the Damn These Heels uh, Film Festival here in Salt Lake last summer. And it's like, okay, I want to know more about this. And when I saw her memoir at the library, I just picked it up. And then I'm also reading a uh, trashy werewolf novel called Bitten by Kelly Armstrong. Oh. And uh, I'm Are listening. Are we the same person? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm listening to uh, The Body Keeps the Score uh, by uh, Bessel van der Kolk because I have complex PTSD and I want to know how to deal with that. So I have a lot of different things kind of in the mix right now. That's a great mix of books. So speaking of books, can you tell us about your book, Skeleton Keys? Sure. It's all about the skeletons living inside of us that <laughs> make us up you know, who we are, where we came from, what they mean, our different interpretations over time. So it's really a natural and a cultural history of our bones, looking at them as this reactive tissue that's not as static as a lot of people think. It's not just this dead thing that's kind of moving you around. It's an incredible time capsule, really, of you know our past and then who we are during our lives. And then it has a whole afterlife. So it's everything from the origin of bone itself and the origin of our skeletons all the way through sort of different you know cultural beliefs, like things like skull cults or people drinking from skull cups. Like, why do people do that? And why do we have this fascination with this particular part of the body? So it kind of starts from the the birth of bone the origin of bone evolutionary terms and goes all the way through you know why for example death is always represented as a skeleton a robe and and things of that nature wait so i have to ask you what is your educational or research background <laughs> because that's so specific <laughs> So I mostly taught myself. Uh, I'm, I actually dropped out of college two classes short of uh, my ecology and evolution degree. Uh, I just started reading books and papers, mostly about paleontology, most about dinosaurs and uh, natural history and things like that. And, you know, I was in college at just the right time that I really used the hell out of that institutional library access to just gather everything nice. I possibly could. And as I was, I would read about these things, I'd write about them because I figured that would help me remember. And that kind of opened up this writing career, allowed me to make uh, you know connections with researchers and paleontologists. I go out in the field every summer and I actually go and do the field work. So it really opened up this alternate route that I wouldn't have otherwise had access to. So, you know, I owe a lot to, you know, colleagues and friends and people who have invited me out. But for the most part, uh, everything that I write about, I've learned myself just because I was curious about it. 
Yeah, it was one of my favorite nonfiction books of last year. Mallory loved it. So good. Thank you so much. That means a lot to hear. It's one of those things, like, I'm sure you're familiar with this. Like, you write a book, you put it out into the world. It's like, okay, now part of my brain is out in public. Yep. What are people going to think about this? And you don't always yep. know. So I always appreciate it That's... when people get back to me about whether they liked it or not. Oh, well, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And so this episode is all about getting involved in the bookish community. So you are a reader and you're also an author. How did you start getting involved in that book world? Yeah, it can be a little bit difficult because I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we have a couple local writers groups of um, you know different levels of uh, ability and people uh, in different parts of their career. But it's not like um, you know being in in the Bay Area or being in New York or DC or some of these places that we think of as kind of like hubs of uh, different authors. So a lot of it's online, a lot of it's through Twitter. Um, you know, I go out and I meet people where I can. But actually, the writer friends that I have in real life are usually people that I've met in other contexts. So uh, I met someone once at a meeting at, at the Pride Center who just also, also happened to have a book out the same month that Skeleton Keys came out. We became friends because Aww. of that. So like whenever you run into someone and say, like, yeah, I'm writing a book too, it can be tempting sometimes. We, I'm sure we hear that often to kind of do the eye roll thing. It's like, all right, tell me about the memoir or whatever it is that you're working <laughs> on. But like ask people about it and, and you might you know make a new friend. So there's that kind of in-person aspect, but a lot of it is just through you know Twitter and online and talking about uh, the book and keeping an eye open for what else is is coming out because it's so easy to you know walk into a library or a bookshop or just get the list of like everything constantly coming out. But if you can make that initial sort of human connection, it gets so much easier. <laughs> what about uh, book clubs or online book clubs? Do you do any of those? Uh, I've done some book clubs in uh, real life. Uh, I'm not in one right now. Um, but yeah, I think that's a fascinating thing to do. And I kind of keep track of uh, what I'm reading through my Facebook page. And a lot of people, I end up kind of having like an informal book club <laughs> through that. I've just got an album that I marked book pile. Like I just, uh, I never read it as a child, uh, Banicula. I just read it this morning and I posted about it. And now like I'm getting updates every five minutes from people because they're like, oh my God, I love this book. Remember when? And yeah, it's just little things like that that kind of can bubble up naturally as well. I have a Banicula t-shirt, so I'm with you. <laughs> I think Mallory gave it to me. I did. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that is for Bria. <laughs> so do you ever use Goodreads or, or anything like that to participate in the book world on social media, or is it just Twitter for you? I use Goodreads a little bit, but I primarily use Twitter just because like there's so much social media. There's so many apps that if I tried to do everything at once, and that I feel like there's always a push kind of from publishers to do that, like be on everything, reach out through every platform and there's just not time <laughs> to do it especially because i make my living as a freelance writer so even though i write books i'm also constantly blogging for scientific american and writing for places like smithsonian and you know, also trying to keep the house up and take my dog for a walk and all that kind of stuff so it's just like one thing too far but for the most part i found twitter to be a really uh, warm and useful place for discussions with other authors in terms of goodreads it's mostly that's a, a good way for me to sometimes interact with readers. But if I want to talk to other authors and people in kind of the book community, it's mostly Twitter for me. And what do you feel like you get out of all of this, out of being involved in the literary community online or in person or in any way? You know, sometimes it's just as simple as another friend, somebody with a similar interest, someone to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, we wind up being passionate about the same kinds of things. Like if there's somebody who likes my book and I'm interested in their book and we find out, oh, we both love monster movies and things like that, then that, that's great. And it's AKA really that, how we became friends on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Really, it's that sense of connection. I think that means, you know, the most to me because so much of writing can kind of feel like shouting into the void. So when you run into, you know, when you shout in the void and the void shouts back, it's always a very um, validating thing to encounter. <laughs> 
And so as a reader, what is your wheelhouse? What are the subjects or tropes that will always get you to pick up a book? Yeah, I love kind of you know, monster books, if there's a good creature or a good monster, I don't necessarily like um, books about serial killers and things, but like sort of animal monsters and things like werewolves or books like uh, The Relic, or if it's a really cheesy, I'm just looking at my bookshelf now and just looking at the number of books that involve dinosaurs and sharks and saber-toothed cats <laughs> and other things in the novel section. And that's just kind of like the fun stuff. So much of what I read uh, for my work is nonfiction. I'm always trying to keep up on, okay, who has a new book out about, you know, hyena behavior or the biology of, you know, long-necked dinosaurs or things like that. And I also listen to and read uh, quite a bit of therapy books. So it's, I've spent most of my life not in in therapy, and I, you know, I have uh, major general depression, I have complex post-traumatic distress disorder, uh, and um, I'm also a transgendered person, so I have a lot of things to unpack and deal with, and it's been really helpful uh, on my morning walks to listen to books like The Body Keeps the Score, listen to some of Esther Perel's books uh, about relationships and things like that, and uh, you know, it gives me a point of reflection. So I have a lot of I have books for self-work, and I have books for my job, and then when it's time for me to read for fun, it's usually like the cheesy thing I can possibly find. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So Riley, where can we find your book and where can we find you online? Okay, so Skeleton Keys uh, should be available just about anywhere that you're going to find books. You know, I recommend your local bookshop if you can get to one. Uh, you can find me online. Uh, my main account on Twitter is Laylaps. That's spelled L-A-E-L-A-P-S. And uh, yeah, there should be links to everything else I do from that spot. So if you follow me on Twitter, that's where you'll be able to find everything else. Awesome. Riley, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, this has been fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem for one of our listeners. Rosalind writes in, I was rereading Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, and I used a suggestion I heard on your show about listening to the audiobook the second time around if you read it the first time. The narrator was incredible, you and Morton, and which made me fall in lo- which made me love one of my favorite books even more than I thought possible. Very I was sweet. Yeah. Except, well, things take a turn. (laughs) I was rereading because the second book came out this year. The first one came out in 2014. Here is the problem. I love these characters so much and I have to wait for the last book, which has no release date yet. I feel empty and sad like I will never get over it. I just want to hear their voices again. How do I push through this? What can I do? I wasn't prepared to feel this loss now that the book is over. It's never happened before. This is a very sad listener problem. It's so sad, but we understand. We're here for you. We yes. are here for you. We are here for you. You feel like your friends have left you. It's very sad. Um, you want to know what's going on with them. Yeah. I, so one thing just like to put a pin in. I know people who do rereads. I think you do this before the next one of the series come out. So yeah. put a pin in that and plan on that. So you know you're going to get to revisit these people before the next one in the series come, comes out. Yes. Um, I just need Rosalind to know there are other books in the sea. There are other fish in the shelves. Other, other <laughs> fish. <laughs> just imagine a bunch of a bookstore, but it's just a bunch of fish in a line on like lined up fish on a on shelf. Shelf is totally a um a Doctor Seuss book waiting to happen. Fish on a shelf, or instead um, of like Elf on the Shelf, the rest of the year it's the fish it's on the like, shelf that watches sinky. you. It's smelly. You're just like, why is the fish on the shelf? And it's watching um, you with like a googly eye. Um, there's many books you can read. That will fill that hole. And no book will ever be what Carry On has been for you, but it may be able to be your other favorite book or at least like partially fill that void. Um, what I'm going to tell you to do is go to Goodreads. There's a whole section when you look up Carry On next to it say that says readers also enjoyed right on that page when you mm-hmm. look it up. Um, so I think go click on those books because I think one of those books are going to be the book that's going to help you fill that void. Also, reach out to your bookish community. 
they're going to have, there's so many people who love this book and love Rainbow Row. So there's going to be people who are like, oh, I read this, but then I read this also and I love it. And you're going to have that crossover. And then also go live it up on Etsy. Go to Etsy. <laughs> this is going to be a great way to like feed that part of your soul. And look at, there's so many cute book stuff. Just like as a quick search for um, this particular book series, I saw rings, buttons, bookmarks, arcs, art, a fucking jean jacket with the characters on the back. Wow. So, get, so there's ways you can express your love of this. You can start conversations and also feel like it's a part of you because you can look at those characters every day if you buy like a beautiful art piece based on wow. this book. Um, it made me go down a rabbit hole of all sorts of like different books where I'm like, I wonder if there's art for this. There's art for a lot of books, a lot of shit on Etsy that people are selling. I want they're a like, book backpatch really bad now. Oh, for this book? No, no, not for this book. Just generally. Just generally. Yeah, you can find it. It's on Etsy. It's on Etsy. That sh- should be like, I should have a t-shirt that says that. I know. That. I don't even, I don't, I have, Etsy does not pay me money. They should. Etsy, no, why do you not advertise on reading glasses? It's very true. But um, yeah, I think it's a great place to go find. I mean, I'm sure there's other places too, but Etsy's a great place and you can support small artists and smart, small business owners and uh, buy stuff that's I buy so much shit on Etsy. It's crazy. Do you? I don't, I, I buy gifts, a lot of gifts on Etsy. I bought almost all my Christmas presents on Etsy. I've done that for sure. Okay. Uh, what, do you, what is your suggestion for Ugh, This happens to me too. The book hangover, it is the worst. Uh, so my first advice is for this is always get back on the reading horse. You need to... Put the fish on the shelf, get back on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I love the reading horse because he's just like a horse that somehow, like, instead of a feed bag, he has a book that's like hanging oh, down that's in front good. of his yeah, nose. I like that. that's good. Someone please make fan art of a reading horse, please. Um, but I think Rosalind needs to fall in love with some new characters. Uh, when I have this, I like to first, well, the first thing I do is I love to, I only read book reviews after I've read a book. Like, I just like to see conversation about the book, or, like hear what people think, think of the ending. Like, you know, sometimes I think getting to just like be in a discussion with how much you love a book or what you think of the characters or hearing what other people think is really helpful for, for a book hangover. It just like, I don't know what it does, but it just stimulates that part of your brain that's just like, I want to talk about this and I want to know what's going on Um, or like have a friend read it or join a book club or, you know, join a book club that is reading it so you can talk about it. Um, But so and after I've done that, I like to read something that is absolutely totally different from it so that I'm not constantly comparing the book that I'm reading to the one that gave me the hangover. Yes. That happens to me where I'll read like two vampire books in a row and I'll be like, wait a second. Yes. What happened? Very confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But if that's your specific wheelhouse, um, I would try reading books in authors that the author who gave you the hangover loves. Oh, like that's good. read I like a that. recommendation by Rainbow Rowell. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal recommendation for a Rainbow Rainbow Rowell read alike is Jeff Zentner. Uh, I read his book Rain and Delilah's Midnight Matinee last year, and it was one of my top three YA books of the year, no question. I, oh, wow. it like very nearly made my best books of the year. It was so wonderful. Um. I remember my friend Mark does this thing with his friends every year, his, all of his friends from college where they write down their 10 favorite books of the year mm-hmm. and why they like them and they email them all to each other. Oh, I like that. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Has nothing to do with this. But I on fin- the other section? Yes. The other section we but I finally about? remembered who it was. Great. Okay. <laughs> so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingclassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to support us and help us feed our very hungry animals, you can buy reading glasses, stickers and shirts and bookmarks and tote bags in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you want to help us for free, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more readers. It helps us get more advertisers. Who knows? Maybe if we get enough reviews, it's 
Etsy will finally sponsor Bria. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, and you can always follow along on our books adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.